0: Well, what's up, Compass? It's great to be back with you. Hey, thanks so much for allowing my wife and I and family to go back to Chicago last week. We were able to see some friends and some family. But one of the things that became evident in our trip away is like, this is home. This is home. So we're so thankful to be back in the wonderful weather of AZ and the sun that we get to experience every day. And what an incredible blessing. And I just want to mention again, these red bands. This is an experiment for us as a church. You know, we've we've had people like calling, asking, uh, like, how can I make sure, like, I can come? I want to come back to live worship. I want to come back to this, but I want to make sure as well as, like, I don't want to offend people to be like, stay away. You know, those kind of things. And so this really is. I mean, the heart of this red band is really just to continue to provide safe place. For you to be able to, if you're, if you're, maybe you're like, depending upon where you work, or depending upon your health situation, or even the people that you live with in their health situation, maybe you just want to have an extra precaution, uh, honestly, to be able to make sure that a guy like myself doesn't come up and hug you. You know what I'm saying? Like, wear this red band, it'd be great, and uh, we will certainly honor those things as much as we possibly can. So once again, thanks so much for uh, being here this morning, and I'm super excited about this message. Uh, this message is going to speak, I just think, volumes uh, into our daily life. Uh, maybe you've been in this, this situation or, or in the places we kind of dive into Nehemiah where you've, you've kind of wondered, like, how do, I, how do I help others? Remember our vision, right, is to help people find God, to help people discover who he is. That, that takes influence, right? Like, that takes an ability to be able to come alongside of people in influence. Well, how do we gain that? Maybe you've lost it in your company, maybe you've made a mistake or made a bad decision and you have kind of lost it. How do we regain that? What is this essential requirement that Nehemiah begins to refer to in the book of Nehemiah? And to illustrate this, to start this, I thought I'd show a, a video clip of one of my favorite movies, Remember the Titans. And Remember the Titans is about this football team in the midst of the racial tensions, Of Trying to come together as a team and what you're gonna see is you're gonna see really kind of the the two best defensive players coming head-to-head And trying to navigate what it looks like to be on a team or what it looks like to have influence in the life of the other Here's the video for us You can't run over everybody in this league and every time you do you leave one of your teammates hanging out to dry me in Particular why should I give a hoot about you? Huh? Or anybody else out there? You want to talk about a ways You the captain, right? Right. Captain's supposed to be the leader, right? Right. You got a job? I have a you job. You been doing your job? I've been doing my job. Then why don't you tell your white buddies to block for Rev better? Because they have not blocked for him or a plug nickel, and you know it. Nobody plays. Yourself included. I'm supposed to wear myself out for the team? What team? No. No, what I'm going to do is... I'm going to look out for myself, and I'm going to get mine. See, man, that's the worst attitude I ever heard. Attitude reflect leadership, captain. You can't run over everybody in this league. And mean, every time you do, are That's boy, a challenging team- statement. I mean, I want to watch it again twice, too. I'm, I'm with you on all that. <laughs> like, let's just watch the whole movie, right? Anyway. But it is, right? Like, like, that's the moment. That's the crucial moment to where, are we a team or are we not? And, and here's Julius who's going, like, I'm not going to play for the team. I'm not going to be influenced by you. Like, like I'm not going to be part of your team. Like, you're captain, right? Like, you're supposed to be doing it. And here, here's the problem with Gary Bertier, right? Gary Bertier, the, the, the white guy, here's his problem. Is, is he's saying the right things, right? He's the All-American, He's like the, the guy that has like the, the position of authority as captain. And yet, even with the position of authority, even with being an All-American, even with like, like the words that he's saying, he does not have influence over Julius. Why? He does not have influence because of the way that he's living. Julius sees this contradiction and that he's wanting a team out of Gary Bertier, yet Gary's not willing to have a tough conversation with some of his teammates to block for Rev better, right? I mean, that's the issue. And the essential requirement for you and I, if you want to know what it looks like to have influence in the lives of people, if you want to know what it is to have influence as a dad, influence as a mom, influence possibly in the business world, right You're leading a team, maybe maybe you, maybe you're like you, you own your own business. Uh, honest, honestly, influence is, is not just only about like leadership. Influence is about discipleship. And last time I checked, you and I all of us are called to discipleship. we're all to, to help others right follow Jesus we're, we're all supposed to be doing this right and, and if you want to know what's that essential requirement, that's needed for influence, that's needed for for, for leadership, it's this, live your life well. What you say needs to be backed by what you do. Your convictions need to be lived out in your actions. And this should impact all of us, right? What we believe should lead to how we behave. Is that true in your life? If you want to know how to have influence in the lives of others live your life well Now listen, you're never gonna be able to live it perfectly. I know that You're gonna make mistakes You're gonna mess up Like 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 the reality is those issues are gonna come your way and you're gonna to get to these places where you're gonna go wow, well, did I just make a really bad decision? But if you live your life well, people will see it, and they will begin to follow, or they will listen to the things that you have to say. We see this in the book of Nehemiah. We see this in Nehemiah's life. I have this quote by Andy Stanley. He uses this, this phrase that I think is really, really helpful. Um, I'm using the word influence. I'm using this, the, he uses this word moral authority. That, it, that it's out of our morality, right? It's how, out of our, our life that we're living. It gives us the authority or the influence that we need. He, say, he says it this way. Moral authority is the credibility you earn by walking your talk. It, it is the relationship other people see between what you say and do, between what you claim to be and what you are. There is alignment Between conviction and action, belief and behavior. Do we have moral authority? Do you have influence? Are you living your life? Are you behaving in the way that you believe? Albert Schweitzer, the medical missionary, uh, Nobel Peace Prize winner, says says it this way. He, He just gets right to it. He says, example is not the main thing in influencing others. It's the only thing. And that should challenge all of us. Because honestly, let's just take a step back. Think think about us as as a church. Think Think about the church. Think about our nation. Have we lost influence? Have, have we lost the influence that we once had in this nation? And, and, and we can blame and we, and we can yell at people. We can say, oh, it was stolen from us. But, but God is, I, I don't think that's fully accurate. I don't think as a church we're representing Jesus well. I think we need to get better. I mean, the reality is, Scripture is so clear on this. The world, right? People outside of the church, they will know we are followers of Jesus by the way we love people. Are we loving people well? Are we loving one another well? As a follower of Jesus, we have this this ability to forgive others Because we know what it is to be forgiven by Jesus. Are we able to forgive and have grace? And and, and I think rather than trying to establish our position, we need to start serving and loving one another again and see this influence that will come back in our nation, in our neighborhoods, in our communities. Turn your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 5, Verse 14, let's see this essential requirement lived out in Nehemiah's life because he lived his life well. What does it mean to live my life well? That's probably, that should be the question you're answering. Three ways to live your life well. All right, we ready? Here we go. Number one, if you want to live your life well, number one, be consistent over time. The reality is to have influence, to be able to gain the trust, it's going to take time. Be consistent over time. Look at chapter 5, starting at verse 14. We're just continuing on in Nehemiah. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year to the 32nd year of our Xerxes the king, 12 years... Neither I nor my brothers ate the food allowance of the governor. Do you see that? Twelve years. The former governors who were before me laid heavy burdens on the people and took from them for their daily ration 40 shekels of silver. Even their servants lorded it over the people, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. So Nehemiah, in the midst of leading the nation to rebuild the walls, He's living his life consistently. He, he's living his life, I mean, you said over 12 years. He's governor. And over 12 years as governor, not, I mean, I have to think, like, okay, as governor, what rights did Nehemiah have? I mean, as the leader, right, as governor, well, what does that mean? Well, well, it meant that as a governor, he could tax people. He, and the governors had the right to tax people however they wanted to. And, and most of the governors previously, they would, they would tax him 40 shekels of silver. You imagine, so whatever it is, everything you make, give me 40 shekels of silver. And this created an incredible burden on the people, just as taxes do for us, right? Like, do you remember, like, like the first time taxes were taken out, and you're like, I thought I made 300 bucks, I only made 100. You know what I mean? Like, where did my money go? Right, taxes. We love taxes. Death and taxes. Anyway, all right. So, so like like, the governor had the right to tax people, and yet Nehemiah wouldn't do that. The, the, the governor had the right to to have food like placed on his table, all by all by the people, right? Like like he didn't have to do anything. Like they, the people just had to bring food, like bring grain. And Nehemiah's like, it's okay. I'm ne- I'm never going to take the full ration that I should. And he, and he does this for twelve years. And, and so this consistency. Over time, and we're going to see this as we continue on in Nehemiah, but this consistency over time puts Nehemiah in this place of leadership and influence, and he begins to influence the people not because of his position, but because of the way that he lived. And we have to grasp, on, well, listen to this. If you are basing your influence on the lives of people, Based upon your position, you're beginning to lose your influence already. If you're basing your influence based upon the words that you say, you will lose your influence. But when we base our influence based upon how we live, and that consistency over time, you will have influence in the lives of people. You will. Think about it. Think about your life. Think about the most influential people that, that are in your life. Just take a step back. Some of you, you look at your parents, they, they don't have influence in your life anymore. Honestly, right? At one time, they had the position, right? They, they were, your, I'm your mom and dad, right? Like, like reality is like when my kids were like three and five, like you could use that position. I'm your dad. Do what I say. Why should I do what you say? Because I said so. Right? I mean, we've all done it because I said so. Let me tell you something. 18-year-old? I said so. Ah, ah. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to lose. You're going to be going to lose. And If I depend all upon my position rather than the way that I live, I'm going to lose influence. And it's just like the case here. Think about those people that have influenced your life. Why have they influenced you so much? I guarantee you it will go back to the way that they lived. One of the greatest people in my life that influenced my life even to this day is my grandfather He was an electrician. He was an electrician in the same company for over 50 years It's just what he did But my grandfather lived next door and my grandfather this this guy was amazing. He cut our lawn True, I never had to cut my lawn because my grandpa did it. I mean how great of a grandpa is that? then washing dishes so my mom would cook meals for him and he would have a dinner with us. I mean, guess who washed the dishes? Not me. My grandpa. He washed dishes every night with my mom. I mean I think it was like their thing. I think it was really kind of cute. Like dad and mom, like dad and daughter doing dishes. I mean it was it was like he took me to basketball games. He had, like like, I, I played basketball in college, but do you know who played with me every night when I was in fourth and fifth grade? Who took me to the gym every night? Who, like, persuaded the custodian so that I could get into the gym off hours and be there? My grandfather. My grandpa was the guy. And, and he just, over time, consistently loving me, consistently serving, consistently sacrificing, over time, he had this, and he was my Sunday school teacher. Like he just had this incredible influence over everything with me. Why? And he lived his life well. I just respected him. And I'm willing to do whatever. If you want influence, if if, if you want to lead, if if you want to lead a vision, if God has put inside of you this, this, this cause or this mission to live for, if you want to lead that, It's going to require influence, and it's going to be more than just a position. It's going to mean how you live your life. Three ways to live your life well. Be consistent over time. And number two, sacrifice for others. Whenever it comes to influence, over time, there's going to have to be a place of sacrifice that you make. I mean, think about your life. Think about it. Look at Nehemiah chapter five. Let's continue on verse 16. just listen to the sacrifices Nehemiah made. I also persevered in the work on this wall, and we acquired no land. And all my servants were gathered there for the work. Moreover, there were at my table 150 men, Jews and officials, besides those who came up who came, uh, came to us from the nations that were around us. And now what was prepared at my expense for each day was one ox and six choice sheep and birds, and every 10 days, all kinds of wine in abundance, yet, underline circle, for all this, I did not demand the food allowance of the governor because the service was too heavy on the people. Nehemiah was willing to sacrifice. Nehemiah was like, you know what? I'm I'm going to build that wall. I'm not just going to sit back and watch others. Like, I'm going to be on that wall. I'm going to protect them. I'm going to be in. He persevered in it. Verse 17, 150 men, Jews, officials besides those, right there around us. So he had all this pressure of all this food, and yet he's like, you know what? We're not going to do it that way. Like We're going to take as little as possible so that we won't cause this demand on the people. He could have made the people do all this work, but he sacrificed it. He's like, no, don't do it. He was willing to sacrifice for the sake of others. And because he was willing to sacrifice for the sake of others, his influence rose up. His influence like, was, was contagious to where people did what he was willing to do. I remember this last week. Last week, I mean, Gabe preached this phenomenal message. So good. It was so I man. if you haven't listened to it, go and listen to it. And and here's what we learned last week, right? Is that there was this great outcry from the people, great outcry from the Jewish brothers, because there was a a section of nobles and officials who were not helping to build a wall, but were providing food. So as these people were were, building the wall, they weren't able to produce the food, they had the food, it created this great outcry Because the only way that you could get food was to give these officials and these nobles money or to mortgage your fields. Think about this. You're off building a wall. These people are mortgaging their fields to give the officials and the nobles money. who aren't doing a blasted thing. And not only their land, but their own kids. Because they were so desperate to eat. And it created this great outcry. And Nehemiah is in the midst of it. And we, and, we, and we heard this last week. If you didn't, like, just listen to this. And, 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 so, and so here's what happens. Nehemiah, I, w- I wish I could have been there. Like, this is the room I wanted to be in. Nehemiah, like, steps into this meeting, these nobles and officials, and he says, no more. We are not going to tax people. We are not going to do this. You are putting way too heavy of hand on. In fact, give everything back. Give it all back. In Nehemiah chapter 5, verse 12, they gave it all back. What influence, what power in the situation. I want to be able to have that influence. I want to be able to sit down with my kids and be like, wash the dishes, and they just go and do it. You know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to walk in a room and have that kind of influence. Right? Well, how, why does he have that kind of influence? Because as the officials and the nobles look back at Nehemiah's life, he lived his life well, and he was willing to sacrifice. Just think, if he was taking all the money from others, if he was doing all that the governor would said. When the nobles heard this argument, what could could they could have said? They could have said, well, Nehemiah, you're doing it. You're taking it off from the people. You're making them do it. Like, you're taking taxes. He would have nothing to stand on. But because he lived his life well, because he pursued God in the midst of everything, because he was willing to sacrifice, at this crucial moment in the life of Nehemiah, he had influence so that they gave everything back. Are you willing to sacrifice? Our mission at Compass, helping people find their way back to God, right? Helping people find and discover who Jesus is. The only way we're going to be able to do that, the only way we're going to live that out, is if we're living our life well and having influence and helping people to see the greatness of Jesus. And let me tell you something: that will require sacrifice. The reality is this, right? We, we Just this week, we went to three services. See what happens. Here's what's beautiful about this. There's now empty seats everywhere in every service. Empty seats that are ready for people in our community that need to hear the great news of Jesus. But are we willing to sacrifice to be able to invite? Are we willing to love to be able to invite him here to, for them to hear the gospel? Are we willing to sacrifice? Are we willing to do the things that Nehemiah was doing? Because it will require sacrifice. And here's the beautiful thing. I don't know about you, but I'm willing to sacrifice as much as my leader is willing to sacrifice. Are you with me on this? Isn't that true? Like, there's, there's so much truth to that. Like, the reality is, even as a parent, I realize that my kids are only going to be willing to sacrifice as much as I'm willing to sacrifice for them. It's kind of a crazy thing about leadership. And here's the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about being a follower of Jesus, because Jesus calls us to surrender it all. Jesus calls us to, to give up all that we have for him. Jesus calls us that we were living this way of life, to turn, to repent, to confess of that way of life, that sin that we were doing, to follow him, to give it all up for him. And here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. He gave his very life for you and me. That's our leader. That he loved you so much that he willingly went to the cross and died on that cross. He gave up his life. He he was killed in like the worst way. He sacrificed everything for you and for me. Let's follow our leader. Let's follow what Jesus does. Let's live our life well. Let's be willing to sacrifice. And here's the final. Three ways to live your life well. Consistency over time. Sacrifice for others. And number three, decide to trust. Yes, there will be moments. There will be reality. There will be decisions that we need to make. Are we going to trust God or are we going to trust ourselves? Are we going to do what God says or are we going to do what we want to do? There's going to be moments of trust. And Nehemiah, throughout Nehemiah, just chose trust will we trust your influence will go as far as your willingness to trust will you trust him look at verse 19 nehemiah chapter 5 verse 19 remember for my good oh my god all that i have done for this people nehemiah knows that god sees it all Nehemiah know God is like living and he's active and, and he sees and he watches and he knows what's going on and he knows how Nehemiah lived and he knows those moments of trust and those, no, those moments of, of, of not trusting. But if you look at Nehemiah, we see it throughout. I'll just do a quick survey of Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4. He starts on his knees, fasting and prayer. How much are we fasting and praying? That's like a sign of trust, Right? That it's not about you trying to do everything in your job. It's not about you trying to make everything happen. It's not about you. Like, there's this relationship with God in which you're willing to depend upon him. Verse that's for nine, Nehemiah 1:4. One Nehemiah 1.10. Says, they are your servants, your people, whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. Nehemiah's like, look, they're yours. They're not mine. Nehemiah chapter 2. Um, I think it's verse 8. End of it. He says this, for the good hand of my God was upon me. I mean, Nehemiah just trusted God in everything. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 20. Then I replied to them, the God of heaven will make us prosper, and we his servants will arise and build. Right? Who will make us prosper? Your great mind? Your intelligence? The way that you can lead? Like, no, God. We're dependent upon him. Nehemiah trusted. You see it throughout this. Last couple ones Nehemiah chapter 4, starting at verse uh, uh, 14. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Some of of us are living in fear. Are you afraid right now? You know what conquers your fear? Love conquers fear. Who loves you more than anyone else? Jesus. And God just loves you dearly. There's nothing we need to fear. And find in Nehemiah chapter four, verse twenty, our God will fight for us. Like you just see it throughout Nehemiah, this decision to trust, this reliance on God, this reliance that God sees, He's with, and all these things. If you want to have influence in the lives of people, if you want to have influence where you work. If you want to have influence in your community, if you want to have influence in your... If you, want to have inf- like, if you want to be able to help people know and discover just the greatness of Jesus, live your life well. Let your, what you believe be followed up by the way that you behave. Let your convictions be followed up by your actions. And people, let me tell you this something. You'll never be Perfect. You're not going to do it right every time. And so some of you are here this morning, and you're going, I have not lived my life well. You look back, maybe as a mom or a dad, you look back as a single person, like you look back at where you're working, like you look back at your neighborhood, and you're like, man, I have not lived my life well. When it comes to influence, your kids want nothing to do with what you have to say. Your coworkers, they're no longer listening. Is there any way that we can get it back? Is there a way that, that we can put ourselves in a, in a place to where that, that place of of influence, of coming alongside, can happen. And, and, and I, just want, I, man, I just want to make this so, so clear. Because of Jesus, yes, there is. Because of Jesus, yes, you have an ability, you have a way to be able to gain, to be able to regain that, that moral authority that, that you have once lost. But it's gonna require this. It's gonna require humility. Think about this from the standpoint of our nation and the church. It's gonna take humility. It's gonna take us on our knees and, and finding ourselves in this place of serving others and, and sacrificing for the sake of our nation. Can I get it back? It's gonna take this step of humility. Begin to listen to people. Listen. To others and what they have to say to you, listen to like, like, like how you've lost it. Listen. It's going to create once again to get it back. Humility number two, confession. If you've lost that influence, if you, if you've lost that ability, it's going to take a confession. It's going to take a time where you have to go back. You know, to your daughter, you're going to go back to your son, you're going to go back to your mom, you're going to go back to your dad, you're going to to go back to your roommate, go back to your girlfriend, like, go back to your employee, your employer. Like, you're going to have to go back, and you're going to have to confess. You have to be willing to say, like, forgive me. I screwed up. I made a mistake. And then three, do what you can to restore. Restore. Do what you can to restore the relationship. You may not be able to gain back the years, but love well. Forgive all the time. Live your life well. And if you want it back, if you need it back, if you desire to have it back, you can get it because of what God has done. Think about the most influential person in this world has ever seen. Can the worship team come on up? Think about the most influential person in your life. Think about the influential, most influential person this world has ever seen. You know who His name is Jesus. There's no one who has had more influence in this world. There's no one who has had more followers to follow. And why? Why? Like Why does Jesus just have so much influence today, like in this world like for centuries? Like why you know why it's not because he came as a king he could have he could have came in this position of authority and made all of us worship him and follow him he had every right to do it but the word is so clear he did not come to be served but he came to serve and he came to love us so incredibly well. Even when we're his enemies, he loved us. And he, and, and, he, and he came to sacrifice his very life for us. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know if you're, you're like, you walk in, and you're like, man, I wish I would have heard this sermon 10 days ago because I just made a mistake where I've completely lost my moral authority. Like, I've completely lost it. Maybe you come in and you think back to your life and you're like, man, that mistake I made two years ago, like, there's just no way. Or maybe, honestly, like, you look back at your life and and you're not a Christian yet. Like, you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe this morning, like, this is a moment for you to say, Lord Jesus, just take my life. Forgive me. Take me. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we just pray for this moment right now. Lord God, we need you so much. Uh, Lord, there's no way, honestly, that we can, I mean, I know for me, there's no way I can even live my life well without you. So, Lord Jesus, like in this moment, as we have this closing song, I just, I pray over us as a church. I pray, Lord, that we will be humble, that we will confess even now of the struggles, of the battles, of the temptations, of the sin that that we're in. And, and Lord Jesus, I just pray that that we'll have the strength to, to restore the relationships that we need to. Lord Jesus, thanks for never holding back. Thanks for always loving us. Thanks for always providing the way of forgiveness and grace. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us to live our life all out for you. In Jesus' name, amen.